Out of chaos, God brings order. Out of the formless void, God brings light. This familiar story was good news for the Israelites who experienced much chaos in their history. It remains good news for us. God created and continues to create new life. A reading from Isaiah. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A responsive reading from Psalm. Ascribe to the Lord, you gods, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due God's name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is upon the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is a powerful voice. The voice of the Lord is a voice of splendor. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedar trees. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. The Lord makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Mount Hermon like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord bursts forth in lightning flashes. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the oak trees wither and strips the forest bare. And in the temple of the Lord, all are crying, Glory! The Lord sits enthroned above the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as a king forevermore. O Lord, give strength to your people. Give them, O Lord, the blessings of peace. In Ephesus, Paul encounters people who had received John's baptism of repentance, but had never heard of the Holy Spirit or of baptism in the name of Jesus. After Paul baptizes them, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and empowers them with the gifts of the Spirit. A reading from Acts. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what then were you baptized? They answered, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was come to after him. That is, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about 12 of them. The word of the, word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. If you're able, please stand to receive the gospel.
the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and his, with a leather belt around his waist, and his, he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, he, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Some parents took their four-year-old daughter to a baptismal service at their church, which was a Baptist church. Later that night, the daughter took all of her dolls into the bathtub with her and held her own baptism. As she dunked each doll under the water, she repeated, Now I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and hold your nose. <laughs> well, John's baptism, an early baptism, probably was not a dunking, not a submersion, but immersion. In other words, immersion is standing in water and having water poured over your head. Um, the River Jordan probably, people of, of that time would not wanted to submerge themselves. So um, certain churches had gone towards that, but uh, if we really wanted to do it right, uh, we would have an eight-sided baptismal font and pool, and we would have Babies or people stand in the pool, or with a baby, you could actually, you know, Im immerse the baby in, in water and pour water over the head. That would be the absolutely correct way to baptize. Now, there, there's nothing in the scriptures that says what amount of water is needed for baptism. Um, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say you have to do it this way or that way. Just that you have water and the words, the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, in today's second lesson, we heard about some people who had been baptized by John, but they hadn't received Christian baptism. That is, baptism by the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
John's baptism, he says, was for repentance, for the forgiveness of sins. And he was drawing people from everywhere, apparently, who wanted to come out and acknowledge that they were broken people and they needed to be forgiven. They needed to be restored to God. And apparently, again, back at that time, a lot of people thought the temple was just corrupt. It was paid for by the Romans, after, after all. It was paid by tax income. And so John was drawing out these people who wanted to have this purification, restoration with God. But this is different than Jesus' baptism. Here comes Jesus, who is baptized by John. Now, we don't think of this as being important, but the, do you know there are only two episodes of Jesus' infancy uh, in, in the Bible? Matthew and Luke. Mark has nothing about Jesus' infancy. John has this hymn about, you know, the word made flesh, but really doesn't talk about the, the infant Jesus. And nowhere else in the New Testament is Jesus' infancy, nativity, we like to say, uh, emphasized. But in all four Gospels, the uh, refers to Jesus' baptism, plus the book of Acts and the letter to the Romans by Paul. Talk about Jesus' baptism. So perhaps we should think of baptism as being more important than Jesus' infancy, his baptism. Why was Jesus baptized? Because he was the sinless one, right? People were coming out to John to be baptized for forgiveness of sins, but he was the sinless one. Why was he doing this? Mark doesn't explain it. Luke and Matthew make an attempt. In Matthew, Jesus says, it must be so in order to fulfill all righteousness. For Jesus to completely relate to humanity, completely relate to humanity, and thus lift humanity up, it had to be this way. And Jesus, by his presence, it's a big thing happens. A voice comes from heaven. The literal uh, translation is a voice shines upon. That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? A voice comes from heaven and shines upon Jesus. Uh, the word shines upon is epiphino, from which we get the word epiphany. A voice from heaven shines on Jesus. You are my son, the beloved. I am well pleased. Why did Jesus... Jesus was born a son of God and conceived by the Holy Spirit. Why, why did this have to happen again? Did Jesus need assurance uh, looking forward to what he was going to go through? His temptation, his, his ministry, um, a lot of uh, adversity, uh, and then his terrible suffering on the cross? Did he need assurance that he was indeed the Son of God? Did he need assurance that the Holy Spirit was with him? Jesus changes John's baptism into 
a sacrament which we celebrate today. Yes, we think of it as a sacrament. By the way, you might notice that there are stars in our baptismal font. I want you to take one. It's your star word for the year. Uh, it's a word for you to focus on during the year. And see how God is working in your life. In baptism, we truly believe this. It's a sacrament. Again, a sacrament is the means of grace. It's the way that God's divine power comes down to us earthly beings. We really believe this. And a lot of people doubt, and a lot of Christians doubt. There's a whole, I could go through the history of, of, of Christianity, be it there's a whole part of Christianity that really doesn't believe in baptism as being a sacrament. Instead, they think of baptism as being something that you choose when you, know, you, when you become cognitively uh, mature enough. You choose to follow Jesus. You choose to accept Jesus as your personal Savior. There's nothing in the scriptures about that. Um, and so these people say, how could it be? I mean, is it really possible that God's power and the power of the Holy Spirit could come through to, a bat, to an infant? And we say, yes, that's what the church has believed throughout the history of humanity, uh, throughout the history of, of the church. The Apostle Peter in Acts, uh, when he's preaching, he says, about baptism, he says, this is for you and your children. It's for the whole household. He doesn't say, this, this is salvation for you adults and, and your children can get it later. He says, this is for you and your children. It's for everyone. It's the assurance that God is with us, that we are children of God. We should think of it too. You know, the voice shines from heaven and says, you are my son, with you I am well pleased. I think we should think of that too, that God likes us like a parent, that we are children of God and we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now again, can't explain this empirically, rationally. The Bible doesn't go into empirical, rational stuff, you know? It's, it can't be tamed. But it's, this message is sure that somehow the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon whoever is baptized. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people would ask me, you know, there's that couple that brought their baby for baptism. We never saw them again. Or they might say, yeah, you know, um, so-and-so, so many people, so many uh, children were confirmed, never saw them again. Well, it's true. You know, this is our perception. Does, could God be working somehow with a person who doesn't darken the, the door of a church? Could it bring fruit at some point? We don't know. We don't judge that. We are commanded to baptize Jesus 
in Matthew 28. It says, go into the world teaching and baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We've got to do it. And we believe that this is a powerful sacrament. So I want you to believe. I want you to believe that you are a child of God. I want you to believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is with you. I want you to believe that God is pleased with you, that God likes you. Parents love their children. And sometimes children have, you know, they don't like their parents. Maybe they might say, I hate you. But still, a parent loves their child, no matter what. So we should think of God that way, as God being pleased with us. Part of our response to that would be living a life of repentance. And that means always trying to remember that we're focused on God, because we get, we get off in tangents, right? Come back to being your essence as a child of God. That's repentance. Turning around and acknowledging that we do wrong, acknowledging that we fall short of the mark. Remember how, uh, you know, one definition of, of um, sin is falling short of the, the bullseye. You know, like, you know, you're doing an arrow, you fall short. You don't, you don't hit the bullseye. How many of us hit the bullseye every day? I don't. There are a lot of times that we might hurt others. There are other times, I love in the confession, you know, how can you say that? what we have left undone? I mean, how many times have we not stood up for what was right because it was too difficult, it was too hard? For things we have left undone, we ask forgiveness. And now this is a response to our baptismal identity. It's a response. It's not something that earns us salvation. We should think in terms of God has come to be with us in a little infant. God has taken on humanity. And in baptism, in the waters of baptism, we are claimed and affirmed as children of God. Just as Jesus perhaps needed affirmation for his suffering that he would go through, for all the adversity, for his temptation by the, by the devil, which we'll, we'll look at um, at the beginning of Lent, um, for his horrible suffering. Hopefully none of us will suffer like Jesus, you know, the most horrible death. But we need... We need this assurance, too. Because we, we go through tough times. And we need that assurance that God is with us. That we are baptized. Martin Luther, when he was having trouble, and when he was, when he was tempted by the devil, when he felt like he was falling short, he would say, I am baptized. He didn't say, I believe in Jesus. He didn't say, I do good stuff. He said, I am baptized. 
That was the last resort. I am baptized. You can't take it away from me. I am baptized. We too need to say that. We are baptized. We are children of God. And Jesus made this a sacrament by submitting himself to something that he didn't need. And he got the affirmation that he needed so he could go all the way, all the way to the cross and defeat the power of death by rising from the dead. This is what we celebrate today. We also celebrate something called Holy Communion, our other sacrament, that again, against all kinds of uh, empiricism, that somehow God is present to us. Jesus is present to us in a little piece of bread and a sip of wine. So come now and share in that meal. Amen.